Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a I don't even know what this is anymore podcast. I am as always Elaine, and with me there are two good Christian boys. There is Fletcher. And there is Adam, who has the goodest of Christian boy names. Amen. So, today this is a special episode, because last episode we made a joke, <laughs> and people took us seriously on it. And I'm gonna start with with my speech of, uh, it was a joke. We we didn't actually want people to send us money to do specific episodes. I did. Well, Fletch did, but I didn't. <laughs> And um, I'm not going to be a dick and we're going to do this episode because everyone agreed that we're going to do it, but please don't do it again. I have been told I am no longer authorized to make the monetary decisions for this podcast when somebody offers it to us. <laughs> Look, I am not comfortable with taking money for this podcast. <laughs> if you have money to spend, uh, there are better options out there. Go give them to some uh, trans charity. They they need the money more than we need the money. Oh, I thought you were going to say you should give it to the McElroys instead of us or something. Oh, God, no. There are better podcasts to spend your money on. No, the, my... I'm going to go into preachy mode, which is, makes sense given the, the, the this episode, but I hate crowdfunding, I hate Patreon, and I hate all of that. Listen. If they're going to spend money on a podcast, wouldn't you rather us get the money than the McElroys? That's how I look at it. The, I don't. I don't think the McElroys have a. They they make their money by advertising dick pill ads or whatever. No, they literally do a fundraising drive yearly. Uh. Well, I'm. I'm just saying. I. I am not comfortable in how. Uh, parasocial media and social media and crowdfunding platforms interact. I think that's really fucking up society and I'm not comfortable with taking money for this podcast. So don't do that again, please. We're, call me. You are free to recommend us things to cover, but don't send us money to do so. That's weird. Ugh. You are welcome to bribe me and I will push for topics. This will be the policy going forward. <laughs> You're also welcome to bribe me, although I don't know how much good that's going to do. I don't know how much sway I have in these things. I'd probably have to do the research for it, so it'd have to be a good bribe. Uh, I do accept bribes and baked goods. <laughs> oh yeah, if you want to send us food, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't mind food. I just like think when you turn that into a money thing, that that's a problem. If you want to send us cookies, like, Wait, sure. I mean, it, it, if you want us to cover the mad caddies, the, the way to do it is to just send some gluten-free baked goods to my house, and then I might consider pushing for it. Also, uh, I will be wary of sending money to Flash to push topics, because Flash pushes topics to me constantly, and I just shoot him down. <laughs> hey. I said that I can be bought off like I was some kind of senator. I didn't say that I was going to pass the vote. Anyhow, before Fletch shoots down the minimum wage while wearing a vaguely inappropriate skirt, shall we talk about what we're talking about today? I think we should, because it's DC Talk's final album, Supernatural. Which either reminds me, like, when you say Supernatural, and I know I should be thinking Santana, because that's the famous thing, but to me it either reminds me of the show... Or the Kesha song, 
when you say supernatural. Is there anything other than the show that you can possibly think of? Oh, the Kesha song. It's one of the best songs by Kesha. You know, I actually haven't heard that one, unfortunately. It's good. From the second album. Unfortunate implication, because all of that shit that was going on during those albums. But it's a good song. So, first of before we do the obligatory, do we want to talk about the connection? Why are we talking about this record, specifically? Oh, uh, a fan was very fond of our Reliant K episode and suggested that we touch on, quote, the most 2000s record of all, but they didn't realize that they had linked us to a later compilation album, and so we went, no, we're going to do an actual DC Talk album rather than a mixture of all the band's solo projects. Yes, and the connection is specifically that the DC Talk guitar player produced Reliant K for a bunch of their albums, so that's the tenuous connection. This is not a pop-punk record, and I feel the person who paid us will not get their money's worth, because I sort of like this record. You know what you did, CT. Yeah. <laughs> Do too. Uh, we, I must state that we are hereby rescinding our we will take requests for cash policy, just so we are not doing this every three weeks whenever somebody wants to torture us. Also, it was never a policy. It was a joke. Can I reiterate that? <laughs> also, the early days of DC Talk have ties to known child toucher Vic Mignona well in their past. He helped fund and set up one of their original albums, I believe this is when he was is still on the youth pastor circuit and not the anime voice acting circuit, which, by all accounts, he was drummed out of well before his sexual inappropriateness allegations came to that community's light. So, how culpable the band is in all this, I cannot tell you. Eh, yikes. As always, if this makes you uncomfortable and you don't want to listen to this record, or you don't want to listen to this episode because of it, that's completely valid, and we support you. Send us cookies. I will say, <laughs> you should stick around for this episode, because that's the only time it's going to come up, and this is a fun one. I'm just going to say this. I hate Patreon, I hate all of this shit, but whenever I see, like, popular internet personalities get sent, like, sweets and food, it's just like, no, that's I, I want that. I want food. <laughs> you just have to put your email out there. I don't think they can send me food by email. <laughs> well, but that way you can vet who gets your address. I don't even have an address anymore, which is the sad thing. Let's move on before I get sad. <laughs> The research on this was 
incredibly strange because there's a lot of contradictory stuff out of there, partly because it seems like, you know, a band that came up through Jerry Falwell's Liberty University and the Christian rock system has a lot of massaging of image. And also just fans seem to put things out there as gospel, and ironically, that I don't know if they were ever true. I tried fact-checking as many things as possible, and this is what I got that seemed to be true based on my research. So it's a little dry, sorry. No worries. The band consists of three members who all met, again, attending Liberty University. Toby McKeon, a.k.a. Toby Mac, later in his career. Best name in the in the band. <laughs> Toby Mac? Yeah, wonderful. He sounds like a craft dinner product. Absolutely, that's why I love it. As we mentioned, I love food. But as an Italian, I feel like you would be the most offended by what they call noodles. What do they... What? Have you... When's the last time you tried some of the horrible things that come under the craft dinner label? Never, well, we have craft singles. I like those. Uh, I I don't know if I ever ate any of the weird shit you American have. What if you were to take a spaghetti noodle, slice it into 20 individual bites, and then make it hollow? Uh, that's a bugatini, and if you, you should not slice it. They do. Anyhow, yeah, no, uh, mac and cheese, it's an abomination, uh, but we we can digress. Okay. Toby Mac and Michael Tate, a.k.a. the only black guy in this story, first formed up and began performing on campus, recording a demo tape entitled Christian Rhymes to a Rhythm. Kevin Mac Smith would later join during their campus years, and this trio formed into DC Talk and the One Way Crew eventually changing their name to simply a lowercase DC talk. During this period, the name is retrofitted to mean decent Christian talk. <laughs> I can't find when that name gets added to it, but that is just what it stands for by the end. So, sorry, I, I I know they're not using decent in that way, but the decent Christian talk just has very above-average Mike Sanders vibes, which is one of the funniest wrestling gimmicks ever in concept. He's above-average. Is he great? No. Please imagine all three of these men in lovely trunks. Please no, I've seen a photo of these three lovely men. I do not want to imagine them in trunks. A huge thing that pushes them into the spotlight as major players in the Christian music world is that they're the first to go, okay, but what if R&B or rap? Their first album will have a single debut on BET, and successive ones will get a push from the fact that their distinct sound lets them cross over onto mainstream platforms. Uh, they have a pretty infamous Arsenio Hall show performance, and their second album, will go gold, as in with the RAAA, not just in the Christian spirit, and their third, Free at Last, is a platinum seller. Which is weird, because this record doesn't have any R&B or hip-hop influences, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I, I was gonna say... It doesn't. I actually cover that shortly. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, carry on. Free at Last being their biggest... I guess 
their biggest album in mainstream sales from what I saw. It might be, again, the contradictory information makes this hard to tell. Free At Last is where they start going from solely hip-hop to a more pop-focused sound, and this makes them less scary to everyone who was staying away prior. It's also a major turning point for the band and where things seem to start splitting them towards the gentle breakup they eventually have. Um, a documentary crew is following them around during the making of the record and the tour, but nobody ever wants to pay to finish this work. Uh, a few Christian TV stations pushed and reported on it, but Free at Last, the film, is never completed, instead being kicked onto a DVD that you can self-order during the 2000s. And nobody describes this using the words finished. They only say it was assembled. Like the Avengers. The next two albums get towards where we are now, uh, just a more generic Christian alt-rock style. Jesus Freak in 1995, which, make no mistake, probably one of the biggest Christian albums in all of history. And this final record, Supernatural, in 1998. The discussions around this album are very interesting, given that it leads right into their split, because this is where they start saying that all three members collaborated on the sound, which probably explains why it sounds so distinct and broken up into segments. Like... You the first chunk is very oh yeah this is this is alt rock then it gets into a kind of weird funk sound and the last bit is pop punk experimental stuff kind of strange yeah I noticed that there is one pop punk song and then there is like a big rock opera thing where they do like the big stadio ballad it's weird and then there's just the spoken word poem mm-hmm. Yeah. Gods. Uh, the trio clearly have no bad blood because they still record new singles here and there and they collaborate on one another's solo projects, but they've never really returned to the DC Talk moniker for more than a track at a time. Allegedly, there were plans to tour again in 2020 after they did a successful series of shows on cruise lines, but... God decided, no, we won't be doing that again, and nothing has been spoken of since. As for the singles, this is really weird. Uh, I saw a lot of claims that roughly half the album were singles or debuted on local Christian stations or campus television at places like BDU or Liberty University or whatever. Um... A few places mentioned, and Wikipedia even fact-checked these claims, which means they also probably had the same success I did, that there were videos for Consume Me and My Friend So Long. I did not see them. There's a lot of things about this record specifically that Wikipedia goes, yo dog, that sounds a bit sus. So I can't say much more, but I did find out and confirm the record debuted at number four on the Billboard Top 200 charts and fell off slowly and was indeed a gold record status commercial success. Yay! And with that, do we want to talk about Supernatural? About DC Talk? Yeah, let's DC Talk about Supernatural. Let's, let's have some decent Christian talk about this record. So what you're proposing is a DC 
and supernatural television show crossover, which like, I don't know, I feel like it would take some doing, but we could probably make it work. I could actually make it happen in two degrees. Do you want to hear it? Yes. The supernatural cast went into an episode of Scooby-Doo who has crossed over with Batman. Huh. You know what? Perfect. It it just it's it's just there. I mean, even aside that, like supernatural crossover in the Arrowverse, yes, please. I really would have loved to see that, but they clearly wanted to keep those two things separate. Hello, goodbye. I wanted to see, but I guess I I don't have the strength to speak tonight. It's tricky sometimes. So, let's kick off with the intro track, which, um, does anyone have anything to say about this? Yeah, I don't, it's, it's an intro, whatever. Let's talk about the first track. It's killing me. This has, it's a pretty good rock song, and has, like, what I enjoy about this, this has very Porcupine Tree vibes. And, like, this is, like, two years before Lightbulb Sun, so, I'm into this. It's a solid rock song, some good melody going in, have some issues with the production that I will talk later, but no, this is good. It is not bad, although I do not know why I wrote the words Vore Out the Gate. What? I can't see that anywhere in the lyrics. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, this is this is not even a Jesus song. This is like a, a fairly, you know, writing-wise, fairly mediocre, like a relationship is ending song. The closest it comes to like Christian music is when it says, "I will, I will keep you in the prayers to the one I pray" or whatever. Um, no, the the chorus is pretty open about the fact that it's I'm going with Christ and you're not, and that's killing me. That's the whole thing. I. I don't know, I didn't, like, yes, but it wasn't super overt to me. Like, you can have different readings about that. Like, you could, but it's a Christian band, so probably it's going to be. The... Yeah. <laughs> How can the two of us walk in stride if we don't see eye to eye? You got me all messed up inside. It's killing me. Uh, this feels to me like uh, it would be great trailer music. Hmm. Yeah. So... This song reminded me of two different songs because this is one of those albums for me where my brain is just kind of like, oh, this is, um, this is not it. I'm gonna. The first one is what I want to say is the second season's theme song to, um, Birdie the Mighty Decode. I do not recall what it is called. But at the beginning, it says, uh, say hello, goodbye, etc., etc. Um, good song. Love that song. 
Um, and then the other one is that this just had some vague Smash Mouth vibes. Like, it's not Walking on the Sun, and it doesn't necessarily sound like Walking on the Sun, but it has some Walking on the Sun vibes to it. Huh. Are you talking about the first or second Birdie the Mighty opening? The second one? Kisaki? Okay. I pulled this up. Say goodbye, hello, I can see this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Although this has many more interesting beeps. Oh, it does. See, it started off with the same t- two or three words, and I was just like, oh, okay, I'd much rather be listening to that one. <laughs> why don't I own this? Oh, right, Anaplex, that's why I don't own this. I don't know what any of you is talking about, but you're all valid, and that's fine. Uh, no, this has big Porcupine 3 vibes to me, specifically like later era Porcupine 3, where they become more of a rock band than a prog band. I don't know what a Porcupine Tree is. Oh, you should listen to Porcupine Tree. They're great. Lightbulb Sun is a great record. Uh, they also like meet on the fact that like they also have the same commonality that while Porcupine Tree is not a Christian band, they also have very cheesy lyrics that are not particularly good. And, um, and yeah. DC Talk also have a sort of cheesy lyrics that are not particularly good, uh, aside from having musical similarities. And yeah, it's a good rock song. I have my most problems with the production in that, again, uh, if you listen to something, again, I'm going to use this example a lot because they have very Porcupine Tree energy. Um, but if you listen to a Porcupine 3 song, even not the hardest one, they have sort of a beefiness in the production, like all of the frequencies are there. This record almost feels like there's some hollowness in the middle, like there's some sonic hollowness, like you've got the bass and it works, you've got the voice and it's mixed a bit low, but it works, and the guitar sort of not, are not mixed loud enough and are not using interesting enough guitar tones. And so there's where the guitar should be, there's just it feels empty. Which is not the hugest problem. I like this song. This is a good song. But yeah, I would have I would have liked this song to be beefier. See, I thought this had a really interesting sonic texture, especially when the Dr. Spezzo whisper started dropping in the middle. Yeah, they do a lot of interesting things with instruments, with layering, but what kills me is the is the like is the guitar tone. The not the ones that they overlay and they have effects, but like the core guitar tone. It's so boring in all of the most of this track. I don't know if in all of this track, but in most of this track, you can really notice that they're building this interesting sonic structure, and then you have this basic ass guitar in the middle there and it just kills a lot of things to me Hmm. again despite the fact that we're probably being paid to clown on this this is a good song i like this song now uh spoilers pretty fun album to listen to yeah it is also extremely not pop punk and also not new metal this is like just a straight up alt rock record uh yeah we were pitched it with one of Toby Mac's singles and... Extreme Days. Yep, which I thought was going to be the Moby song, but it wasn't. When I played that uh, song to my parents to, you know, express to them uh, what I was going to be covering this this week, my dad 
said about that song, the new metal one, you know, this sounds like a dude who can't rap and realized he couldn't rap, so he decided to become Linkin Park instead, but then he still wasn't as good as Linkin Park. I mean, that is most of new metal, to be fair. <laughs> now, the key here is that my dad hates Linkin Park with a burning passion. Ooh. So for him to say that you're not as good as Linkin Park is, like, the biggest diss you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, that song that we were sent was not good. and it, it sounded like Christian Kid Rock. So I'm gonna say that that lowered my standards. So coming to this album, I'm like, you know what? This isn't bad. It's not that. So I'm like, eh, it's not my cup of tea. It's not very interesting to me, but it's not bad. It's not unpleasant to hear. I don't cringe. Well, for most of it, I don't cringe. Yeah, no, this record is like thoughtfully composed, like alternative rock. Very 90s. Some of the lyrics just like catapult me face first back into the youth groups I used to get dragged into. So it's like, ugh. But yeah, I, I am fortunate to not ever having experienced that kind of education growing up. So I have less of a guttural reaction to most of this shit, even if it's it's cheesy and it's not my thing. Again, there's not a critique. If you're a Christian person and you're on that percentage of the Christian population who doesn't want to just like kick queer people in the stomach, uh, we're cool with you. We're not criticizing your religion. We're just, you know, talking about this album. And I don't think any of us is particularly religious, so I don't think we will vibe with some of this aspect. But that doesn't mean that, you know what I'm saying. You're good. You're valid. As the most religious person on this podcast, I would just like to offer a rebuttal. <laughs> Anyhow, let's go on to track three, Dive. No, that, that is also... Why I hate talking about this shit. Like, uh, it's like religion. It's a sensitive topic. I don't. I don't want to offend anyone. I. I mean, I think I am also literally the most religious person on this show. So, yes, and you're. You're the most likely to. <laughs> you're the most likely to offend someone on this show, which is incredible. It is sort of amazing how that duality exists within me. Let's talk about dive. So this one is a legit fun track with some real weirdness in the lyrics, but I owned about seven albums that sounded like this track in the 90s. This is like the 90s condensed. It has that you know, dissonant post-grunge sound. The chorus is like very indie, late 90s. Yeah. Yeah, this made me smile because I know exactly this kind of music and it generally doesn't come from Christian bands. Yup. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Does Muse also sound like the 90s sometimes? Because that's my frame of reference for what this sounds like. Uh, they were definitely influenced by this shit, but no, I would not... Like, you can see a true line through that, but I wouldn't call this particularly Muse-y personally. I would call Muse post-Radiohead as a genre. Yeah, yeah. Alright. I mean, that that's just the frame of reference I have as someone that was not conscious in the 90s. Mm. No, that's fair. I feel old. <laughs> oh. They're there. No, you're, you're, you're cool, Fletch. You will die before any of us, but it's still cool. I mean, that is almost certainly not true. <laughs> we'll find out. Let's have a competition of who can die last. So a tontine? Those are illegal in some states. The winner gets everyone else's corpse as a trophy. <laughs> I could do that. I could just stuff the pair of you. I could have a hall of fallen hosts, sort of like Batman puts the dead Robin costumes in cases. <laughs> oh my god. I outlived all of them, and you better believe I'm outlive you too, Sonny Jim. To my newest co-hosts. Goodness. Uh, we haven't talked about the lyrics of Dive. Oh, you're right. We did skip over the fact that this is straight up. It's a come-to-Jesus moment where a corporate raider falls asleep and his cigarette lights his executive suite on fire and that's what makes him come to Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yep. <laughs> cigarette in a garbage can changed the ways of this corporate man. It was time for a radical plan. <laughs> you know, I think it's the rhyming that gets me in these. It's just like, it just sounds like that kind of rhyming scheme sounds like it's something that you're, you know, singing to a little kid, but... Yeah, a lot of the rhymes on this are very simple. Can't take it seriously, I just... <laughs> also, don't you all miss where, like, Christian culture criticized wealth? Rather than being like, wealth is an index of moral success. That, that was nice. I wasn't alive for that, I don't think. <laughs> I will also point out, if you want more Christian media in that vein, you should watch The Apple, the classic from Canon Films. It is a film about how disco is going to conquer the world as part of the one world government and two folk singers who get swept up into the machine are the last hope for humanity that sounds amazing it's a musical that has some real wild lines like it's a natural 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 desire to see an actual 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 vampire bite the apple although is that as homophobic as i imagine it to be no. Okay, because Disco is Evil is generally like a, you know, a dog whistle for <laughs> the the audience who generally was really into Disco at the time is evil. I don't think it really realizes that anything other than sex exists. Just sex itself is bad. Doesn't matter who with, unless it's with a loved one. That's as far as it goes. It's a weird movie that I think you might have fun with. Let's talk about Consume Me.
for song, for song, for song. <laughs> what? Nothing, nothing. That's fair. That is fair. Anytime we start talking about I am consumed, I'm consumed with you, it's you and I, you and I, I surrender, it's a vor song. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up. Like, I don't mind the song, first of all, it's like an alt-rock ballad, it's not awful, it has some interesting distortion going on, whatever. Are you really sure that for your positive metaphor about, about the god that you worship, you want to go with, you consume me, and you invade my space? Those don't sound like positive things. Okay, hold on. Here's, I have to take a detour, because... I mentioned how there had been discussion of, oh yeah, this song had a video that I couldn't find. Some other random asshole has gotten his music video put onto the genius page for this song, for an entirely different song. I love it. <laughs> ah, that's top grift. I love it. That's wonderful. Okay, back to the actual track. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have anything to say about this musically. A lot of this record is like, solid but it's like very like it was the 90s right it's, there's nothing that stands out enough from other songs of this era in terms of production in terms of composition that i really have to talk about but that doesn't make it bad again we have a pop punk podcast that's the chief genre where most of it didn't really stand out but yeah my only comment on this is like you invade my space not something that I would say about God. <laughs> the guitar at the beginning reminds me of something, but I still haven't been able to put my finger on what it is. Uh, I couldn't place this one like some later ones. I did say that this was uh, pure moods energy. It's a very chill ballad. And this is about where I started to realize that if we did albums like this every week, this podcast would be a lot more brutal because... 30 to 40 minute pop punk stuff. Okay, that's easy. I can squeeze that in even with a couple of breaks. 60 minutes of this plus research. These songs last a bit. And there are times I was going, oh, please just cut a minute off. Honestly, yeah. That was going to be my takeaway from this album, which is it's all right, but pretty much every song on the album could be a minute shorter. It's just... uh there is one song where they just do the song and then do it again, which yes. left me a bit annoyed. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, this is the first really overt, we're not pretending anymore, you've gotten this deep on the record track. Yeah, yeah. But again, I don't think, I don't think any of the song, as far as I remember on this record, really get awful in there like there's not that judgy shitty vibe that some of the reliant k songs had all of this are seem pretty chill regarding the christian stuff which i cannot super vibe with but you know it's their thing as long as they're not being shitty about it i was gonna say the next one is actually exactly that <laughs> well the next one is interesting i think actually it was sort of like not shitty enough for me like, this next one, we'll talk about it. I think it could have been way more skating and it would have made it better. Also, Consume Me was where I got my first Pure Flex ad of this lesson. Oh, that's nice. 
And it this was a generic one. There's one later that I'll have some real fun with. But uh, let's talk about my friend, parentheses, so long. I heard your record on the telephone. It was my cousin Joan. She picked it up in the top 40 rock and then I read your interview in Rolling Stone. You threw the boys a bone. And so I genuinely felt obliged to call. I know you never meant to hurt us, man. We're just a baby band. You found a quicker way to scale the wall of Now I just want to listen to Green Day. I never want to listen to Green Day. Another turning point, fork stuck in the road. I like the song. It's sort of like a 70s sounding rock song. And it's a song about they're imagining if one of them left the band to make secular music. And they're just being like, oh, we still love you, but we don't get you. And... I really wanted this song to be really skating and angry and irrelevant, which annoys me. I mean, there's some pretty, oh bless your heart, lyrics in this. I saw your video on VH1, looks like they spent a ton. How does it feel to be the flavor for a spell? Yeah, I wish there was more of that because a lot of the things are just like, oh, we, we miss you. Yeah. Give me that anger. Give me the wrath of God, DC Talk. That would have been back when they sounded more like a black band, which they can't do anymore. It also has a very Pink Floyd bridge, which made me laugh, because again, the Porcupine 3 comparison were pretty much a Pink Floyd band before figuring out how to make good music. But yes, I agree. This is uh, an incredibly psychedelic song. Uh, Not lyrically, melodically. If you want to listen to more songs like this, I really recommend uh, last year EP by Casey Crescenzo, new project. You may know him because of uh, he's the main driving creative force behind The Deer Hunter, which is a prog band I love. Oh, I love Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter are great, and this new project is Honorary Astronaut, and it's just a EP of like five psychedelic pop rock songs, and they're wonderful. I will say if you want more things in this vein and want them on the cheap legally, look for a very strange tie-in album called uh, Violet Sedan Chair and Seven Sons, that was part of a probably failed contest tying into the television show Fringe. Okay. <laughs> should I should I tell the story in brief? Sure. Uh, around season two or three of the show, they made mention that with all the weird viral stuff that they did for marketing, because sci-fi show in the 2000s, you know, that's how you do it. Um, they were going to put out seven copies of a record that was supposed to be the favorite of one of the characters in the show, Walter Bishop. It was a very psychedelic 60s, 70s rock album. And the whole gimmick was going to be, since the show dealt with, uh, spoilers for pretty much season one, uh, parallel universes, 
there would be different cuts of the album. One of them showed up at a record store in, I believe it was Seattle. I don't think we ever heard if any other copies of it showed up, but it got ripped and put out there for people because clearly something went horribly wrong with the announced plans on this. And it's a good good rock album. It didn't seem to come to any kind of context or contest or whatever mysteries it was supposed to reveal, though. Hmm. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, I like the song. The song is a good tune. I'm always up for some light psychedelia. Uh, I just wish it was angrier. I just wish it was actually it was actually a bit more fuck you for for leaving. Here's the thing. If you're staying in that group, you can't be the one to say fuck you. You have to say bless your heart. I have no patience for bless your hearts. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> Either call me a bitch yeah. or square up or shut up. <laughs> There's that, those are the only options. <laughs> I like the first version where you <laughs> both of the options are fighting. There's no shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. One of them is just say something. The other one is fight me. The third option... Like, if you're good, if you're gonna write a song, you can't shut up. Like, that's just not writing the song, you know. Anyhow, are we fearless? Do we feel fearless today? The names on the songs are definitely getting worse at this point. The lyrics are starting to get very creepy if you take them literally, but I do love the closer effects and chant on this track. So, I like the distortion on the guitar at the beginning. It's different to the guitar tone they generally have, which I'm into. I love how they start layering vocals in the pre-chorus. The song is going pretty well. It's a slow song, but has interesting sound, interesting texture, and then the Christian rock as chorus hits, and I hate this. It just, it builds up in a very nuanced and interesting, like, alt-rock way, and then there's this basic bitch chorus that hits, and I hate that. It makes me hate the whole song. Ugh. I can see that. It, the, the lyrics have like the simple rhyming scheme on the chorus, the melody, it's really sing-alongy simple, like it's a simple plan melody. The, the fucking production goes from being like sort of nuanced and ultra-rocky to just a straight-up radio rock song. I hate this bit. I hate this song because of this thing. Because if half of your song is like a shitty chorus, I'm not gonna enjoy it. This is my second worst track on the album, promoted because A, it's shorter, and B, I love the fact that if you take the lyrics on this one literally, this is like someone's weird fetish. What? 
When out of the noise I could hear you breathing, you came along knowing just what I needed, turned me around and you got me believing. Patiently you stripped away the walls of pride that I had raised, you revealed the child inside of me, together we'll fly the heavenlies. I... I'm sorry, I don't see it, Fletch. I do. Oh yeah. Falks in A. <laughs> what do the letters A, B, D, L mean to you, Ellie? I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay, do not. I can't ruin, I can't ruin her. Ellie, y- no. Ellie, no. Fletch, no. Don't look it, don't look it up. <laughs> I I am not going to look that up. I'm too old for this. Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's who's doing it apparently. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do we have anything more for fearless? The biddle like outro. It's really funny. I don't know. It's always like it's always so cheesy when people like try to be like reference the Beatles musically and I like the Beatles but it's always really cheesy when people are like here's the na 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 from Magical Mystery Tour and he's just like oh you're a dark if you meet the Beatles on the side of the road you must kill them this is true So my first comment on this is, let's go, Christian Rock Sex Jam. Um, I was being nagged about the fact, this feels like a Jack Johnson track. Yeah. The guitar work on this is just something he's used, and this feels like surf rock fucked DJ. This is sort of where the, where the balance shifts, and it sort of goes from alt rock to more like an R&B eating. Yeah, I could. This is definitely the turning point because the next track is where I really start to call it the second, third. I think it starts here. Like this is very white R and B, but it's very R and B ish. I don't think it's R and B enough though, which is why yes, I suppose very white is a good description of this. As again, Jack Johnson, which again, it's not a bad like, um, Natalie Press. She does very white R and B, and I like her. Uh, this I don't like the song as much as Natalie Press, so I don't like the song. They're trying still, which is impressive. Like, I generally associate this kind of American Christian music with straight up not trying anymore. This record is really trying to make interesting things happen. It doesn't always succeed, but like in the middle of the song, they sort of like pull back all of the production and just have almost a funky bit in the middle with the guitar going a bit harder and like, this song sucks, but you're trying. And that's sort of nice. I appreciate that. You're putting some effort in this. This song still sucks. This song sucks, but you're trying sums up a lot of this chunk of the album. Hmm. 
Yeah. Want to go to the next song? Want to be loved? Let's do it. So ironically, this is the one where I got the Murder for God revenge flick pure flicks ad. Oh, I've seen that. D- did you see that the one that looked like it was a Christian drive angry? Because I saw that one a couple times. Yep. Yup. And the straight's okay. Dot mean. <laughs> uh, probably not. Yeah. Probably not pure flicks actors. I don't think <laughs> anyone in the pure flicks catalog is okay. Yeah. Just imagine deciding that you were an actor, but not one of those sinful actors. You were going to play the guy gun running for God. We already had that. It was called the IRA and they did it right. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bad. (laughs) What? Anyhow, this song is... Do you remember when Bruno Mars started making, like, very boring and harmless and inoffensive, like, funk, 70s-inspired funk? This is even more harmless and boring and inoffensive as that funk. Eh. Like, it's not bad, but it's... It's just... Air... This is way harder on the funk in this chunk I did right. And um, I think my favorite part of this track is just that one little scalpel in the side jab at abortion. Ooh. I swear I've never heard a mama say should have never had that baby as a doctor holds a newborn on display. Yeah. Yep. Fuck off. Okay, zero out of ten. To be fair, this is also in a verse that's just like, hey, you you regret the things you don't do. It comes right after, I've never heard a dying soul wish he'd taken more time on his portfolio. I'm sorry, but like, you can believe anything that you want in your religion, but fuck being against abortions. Like, it's, that's fine. If you want to, if that's your personal choice, that's fine. But like, abortions is like a fundamental right of human beings. It's incredibly, like, it's an incredibly positive thing, especially for working-class families who may not be able to afford a child. Mm-hmm. So, fuck you if you in any way fight against the legalization and normalization and accessibility of abortion in any country. You know, I don't want to get controversial, I don't want to get political often in this podcast, but fuck you. Fuck you if you do that. Um, yep. I am not in any way disagreeing with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that was the one line that was just like, okay, I guess we're due for one of those. Yeah. You took nine tracks. I guess that's, you held back. Uh, Anything else on this one? Because this is really just, we're leaning in on the funk and the funk and the funk and the, f- and the guitar just starts doing that. This is, uh, I don't know, high school musical funk. Yeah, I was going to say, 
to me, this very much sounds like it would be the end credits of a generic movie. Fun fact, tracks on this album were never covered on Glee, but they were sung by an America's Got Talent performer. Yeah, this sounds like something Glee would enjoy, though. shop music oh see i i described this one as oh no it got ominous because i started listening to the chorus which makes god sound like a weird cthulhu monster i am living proof that the spirit moves there's a dimension that eyes haven't seen the secret is out and people come clean i'm telling you this thing's gonna bring you to your knees yeah it sounded a, an awful lot like, but what if the X-Files was about God, actually? I don't have anything funny to say about this song. Like, this is a solid 90s alt-rock song, which is not super my thing, but I like the mellow guitar tone on it. I like the vibe. It's fairly, like, mellow and chill. And even, like, lyrically, like, the play on the truth is out there as a Christian metaphor rather than, you know, the X-Files thing. It's sort of fun and playful and it's not too preachy. I don't know, this song is solid. I don't have anything bad to say about this song. I don't love it. It's not necessarily my thing, but it's solid. It's fine. Ellie, 1000% serious recommendation. And for you, the listeners. If you like the track The Truth by DC Talk, you should look up the works of neo-folk guitarist Lewis Taylor. Okay. Very much in the vein of this song, and he has a great positive message throughout all of his tracks, including a few that are just labeled Positively Beautiful. Hmm. This record is a lot. This is like 60 minutes. It is. It is, and the next one is five minutes long. It's just... Since I Met You, not the much better Avalanches song by a similar name. song it is yeah this this is the one where i was like blank is that you i i now understand why this dude's liked reliant k this sounds like reliant k with a bit of a bitch boys vibe going on i also hate the anti-irish racism on this track what you got me feeling like a pot of gold some people write it off as irish luck 
I know better because my rabbit's foot never did me a bit of good. Huh. Also, they have synths on this. I like the synths. Yeah, the breakdown on this track. Easily the best part. It almost, but doesn't quite cancel out the part where it looks me dead in the eye and goes, yeah, you what you walk in, Mick? Yeah. I would really like this song without the cheesy... The lyrics on this are really cheesy. Like, the rhyme scheme is very simple and they're very outwardly Christian and they're not my thing. If it didn't have this, like, so-in-your-face, like, Christian lyrics, I would be really into this song, but sadly... As we established, I cannot vibe with this. It's a good song, though. I'm sorry the 200 friends couldn't fill the void in your soul. It was a giant hole. Innuendo, question mark? Is, is that a pre-Facebook Facebook reference? <laughs> Probably not, because MySpace wasn't even a thing at this point. This is 1998. You're asking... Christian artists to be aware of the hot new trends in technology, which, no. They just barely discovered since in 1998, Ellie. <laughs> Someday uh, we're going to have to tell them about electrical guitars. <laughs> they have electrical guitars. They have a lot of electrical guitars in this record. All the different kind. The stock-ass kind in most songs. Some distorty kind. Wawa pedals. The problem is that the song does the same song two times, that's why it's five minutes long. Except the second time it's racist against me. <laughs> that's the thing that gets... Why is that verse there? So I thought that this was going to be another Vore song. Yeah, same. Hey, you, this kid is back, and I do declare the sun is shining. Hey, you, the kid is back, with a red alert because it might be blinding. Anyway, Jesus confirmed for the Enterprise. <laughs> Especially because they say a million stars are out tonight. I just find the line, hey you, I'm into Jesus, really funny, because, I don't know, I'm into X is generally like a harmless statement about like, you know, cursorily liking a thing, but like, you know, I am, I'm into JRPGs, but I'm not gonna go around telling people that I've seen the truth because I mildly understand what's going on in Dream Drop Distance. Conversely... I only ever hear people use into in the context of someone being into someone else as like they think someone's hot. They want to date someone. So I'm just kind of like, I just can't take this song seriously in any way, shape or form unless they're planning on becoming a nun. Because that's how you marry Jesus. And that's... you're not allowed to become a nun if you would. Nope, nope. Not opening that can of worms. <laughs> you close that can of worms right now, young man. 
Yeah, this is the most repetitive track on the album. Uh, the best part of it is I have a note that simply says song is 420, lol. This world's a tortured place to be So many things to torment me And as I stumble down this road it takes a toll Days and nights I turn to you No human hand can pull me through No cosmic force or magic Through level two But I can see it coming Let's get real weird with the title track, Supernatural. Yay, my favorite Kesha song. Maybe when we're dancing in the dark. And so on and so on. It's a good song. All right. I got a lot of questions about this song. <laughs> a. Do you think the fact that this guitar-driven butt rock track could be a backing song on the show Supernatural gives these boys hives? I don't know. Look, this song starts with the most 90s energy ever. Has this, like, prominent bass line, like, panting in the background. This dark, twisted singing going on. This song makes me think of mindless self-indulgence. Which I'm sure probably also gives them hives, because, uh... It, that that's that's a pretty pretty far cry from you know good Christian music, let's say. The, the, what gets me about this song, and what really gets me about this song, and I mentioned this before, is that this is generally like a substandard, like mediocre post grunge number, but the guitar tone is not grimy. Your guitar needs to be grimy if you're doing grunge. That's the whole name of the genre. You have to have a grimy, dark guitar sound. But they have the most basic-ass guitar tone on this song. And that just drives me insane. Because it doesn't sound right for the rest of the song. It's like everyone is trying to make this like a really dark with the time song. And the guitar player is like... I, I just own this pedal and it goes bra and I don't really want to buy another one. <laughs> okay, here's my second question about the song. Do you think these boys are mad that the show obliterates their final album in search results? Even if you type Supernatural Album, there are two soundtracks that come up before this. Try it. Just type Supernatural Album. I've got... Santana, Santana, and then the DC Talk album. I got soundtracks for the show. DC Talk Supernatural comes in as the one, two, three, four, five, six. Sixth result on page four of Google for me. Damn. <laughs> it's the third result on DuckDuckGo. My final question about this song. How did the car go to heaven? Um, it it didn't. Well, but it did. Well, it's not option one. The car has a soul. Option two, you, Dean can just like 
Doesn't doesn't the car literally does have a soul? Got turned into a lady at some point. Was very sassy. You're right. Yeah, the um, car the car has an episode about it where it is sentient. The car has a soul. Okay. Yep. I was yeah. going to say maybe maybe the car Dean has a soul. going to heaven just made it appear through the power of heaven, but no, the car has a soul. Yeah. Let's talk about red letters. hate this song this is them trying to do a big sweeping you know rock ballad like almost prog rock big number and look you need to have a lot of cred and skill and lyrical skill and musical skill to make this kind of song work otherwise it's just a bloated mess this is just a bloated mess. This is not satisfying. This is not compelling in any way. This would only be a good song if it were a Nick Cave song. But it's <laughs> not. Yeah, this made me want to listen to the ballad from Frozen 2. Um, So, you know, that's about the level we're working with here. Here's a fun fact. I had never engaged with anything of Frozen more than the trailer until playing through the Kingdom Hearts rhythm game where I had to do three runs of Let It Go to get through the fucking song. You know, I wish that was me. I managed to avoid Frozen up until the baby was about one and a half, I want to say. And then that was all she wanted to watch for about six months. So I've seen every Frozen Every Frozen short, the Lego Frozen. I'm sorry, what? There's a Lego Frozen? There's a Lego Frozen. She has Frozen popsicles, as in branded Frozen, not there in the freezer. Um, That I do believe because I did end up buying Star Wars ice cream sandwiches for the house a few weeks back. Yeah, no, they're, they're mini, so they're half the size of normal popsicles, so that way they're, you know, baby-sized. As opposed to Minnie the Mouse, who is normal-sized and... Should not be frozen. Please get her out of there. She will die. In what? Look, I've seen Minnie the Mouse in Kingdom Hearts. She's not normal size. She's Adam sized. She is people sized. <laughs> you hold up, hold up there. What? What did I say? <laughs> I distinctly remember them being much shorter than the people. Like, toddler size. Yeah, Adam-sized. What are you saying here, Ellie? Don't make me say the cursed phrase, because I will tell you how I remember how tall Mickey is in that series. What's the cursed phrase? Please tell me. Mickey comes up to Riku's dick after the growth spurt. <laughs> yep. I, it's exactly what I thought you were going to say. Oh, 
Anyhow, a good version of this song would basically be some Dead Sea Scrolls Evangelion shit, and this is not. This is a very boring telling of how there might have been an Immaculate Conception, and now there's a Jesus. This is a very, almost, again, prog, the big prog sweeping song uh, that tells a story. You know, this is their Dea Pecunia, even though it sounds sort of different, but yeah, they, they're not good at... Uh, this album isn't bad, but they don't really pull this specific thing off. I mean, here's the thing. Go, go, listen, to, go listen to B by Pain of Salvation. Fantastic prog metal album. Also talks about religion so much. There's a satellite who becomes sentient and wants to become god in the record. That's the, that's the first Star Trek movie. Anyhow, the biggest damnation and condemnation of this song is it is over six minutes long, and yet all it manages to get out of the story of the Bible is once upon a time Mary gave birth. That's it. That's the whole song. Everything else is faffing about, talking about how mysterious this is, the word of God, the book of love. Nothing else from the story is in there. Not he did anything interesting. He lived a life. Son of man, son of God. Nothing. Now let's go on to the best titled track on the record, which is the final one. There is a treason at sea. I am solo in this world of water, only the tip of a sunrise visible, like the morning light in a little girl's eyes. I crave this freedom, I find it only in this little ship, just my soul and this bread and butter. I am comfortable, but there is a treason at sea. All right, yeah, I, I don't even have notes for this one, this is just an intro to Kingdom Hearts. They even talk about a key. Yep. Honestly? I, it's a spoken word outro. I don't have much to say about it. Uh, it's it's a very interesting closer. And I think this in one third the time does all of the ominous nature of red letters so much better because this feels like it could be an interstitial on a Nick Cave album or just some kind of dark epilogue to a prog work. I just can't vibe with it. Um, hi, I I am just highly suspect of any band that's not like fucking uh, Jimmy World using the phrase "little girl." Just, um, especially considering we have an obligatory. I just like so. I'm I, I I'm just kind of like. Ew. And then it's like a spoken word poem, but also ill. So it's like, okay, I don't need this nonsense.
Anyhow, can we... We're done, right? We're done. We're free. We're free. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry whoever gave us money to review this, if you were expecting us to listen to the not DC Talk metal stuff and make fun of it, because uh, this is not what we did. Sorry. Ho hope this was fun for you, still. That's okay. Uh, uh, this, well, final thoughts. I so, my final thoughts are that a lot of what this band does sounds like two things. One, it sounds like flashbacks to youth group that I got dragged to, which I hate. Two, it sounds like a generic fake band that would be in a cartoon. Like, this sounds like, uh, uh, their songs where the lyrics are less overtly Christian sounds like it, it could be in Scooby-Doo as one of the fake bands at one of the fake rock concerts that they go to to solve the mystery, like, it doesn't sound real. I, you're talking about Simple Plan, not this record, right? No, okay. no, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, actually the Hex Girls were good, but, like, that was, like, a fake band that they made up for the thing, okay, I because think. my comment is exactly the opposite. Like, despite the, the infamous status of Christian rock as a genre, to me it sounds like real music. It's not something that I love. It's, like... A fairly middle-of-the-road 90s indie record, like alt-rock, indie-rock record from the mid-90s. Bit late for the genre, but sure. And yeah, it's not necessarily my thing, but there are some good tracks. I like the, the opening tracks. I like that it sounds like something Porcupine Tree would write. And yeah, I, mean, I, I enjoy this record more than average. If you really like this record, if you're one of the people who really likes this record, go listen to everything Porcupine Tree did after Signify. They are sort of this band, but better. Not that this band is bad, but Porcupine Tree is great. Listen to Lightbulb Sun, which is criminally underrated. Listen to In Absentia, listen to Dead Wings. They're just like a fantastic cross of hard rock and prog rock. You would like Porcupine Prefletch, if you don't already know them. I have heard the name. I will definitely be giving them a thought after this. I will also say that here is a bombshell I save for the end of this. According to one of my partners, this was the first and possibly only concert she was ever dragged to was a massive stadium-filling DC talk show. Okay. Oh, a DC talk show? <laughs> talk show? Yes. No, no, no. Literally a DC talk show. I know, show. I'm making a joke. I am trying to be humorous as the rest of my human co-host. Then cut my fuck up. Boo. I am, I am trying to make a, 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 a joke how y'all call it. joke <laughs> So yeah, I had fun listening to this. I found wild details doing the research. Uh, but again... Only put in the things I could confirm, so I'm not going to slander anyone and risk bringing us uh, here-go-hell-come territory. 
but you can look it up for yourself and enjoy the oh, show, yeah. I there's guess. Some, there's some fun stories out there, but that's it. And with that, next week we will return to the original plan of Goldfinger. Open your eyes. Oh, boy. I'm sorry, listeners, that we keep lying about what's next. <laughs> Things just happen sometimes. That's life. Keeps you on your toes. It's okay. Podcasts, much like life, are subject to interruption by pandemic, and you might occasionally get an Acts of God episode in between until we're all healthy and vaccinated. Baby, when we're touching in the dark, can you feel it? I can hear the pounding of my heart. Can you feel it? When you take my Well, this was a episode. I struggled to call it the episode, but it was a episode. Easily one of the episodes we've done. It's true. Easily one of those. You can find us on our wonderful, heartwarming, uh, cinematic website, caroldestown.com, in special for three screen ratio and the saturated colors i still enjoyed it it's the fletch cut you're wrong <laughs> i still had fun watching it it has things that are better than the original cut but it's four hour of film it's longer than john dalman ellie i got to see the martha manhunter i'm so happy okay that makes sense to anyone who's seen it uh, I do, I do not recommend watching the Snyder's Cut unless you have someone to watch it with that will keep your spirits up. It's four hours. We watched it as a house. That, that would probably make it better. I, I watched it alone and I was really tired doing it. Oh yeah, no, I, I get that. Anyhow, if you want to alleviate my loneliness from watching the Justice League alone, you can... Mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com or on the form that's available on our website and write us nice things. Tell us how much you love us. You can also do the, the same thing on Twitter by adding us at G-G-O-O-T-T podcast, which is our Twitter, which when I wrote it down was way easier to pronounce and spell than when I actually tried it to pronounce it and spell it. We're also on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, everywhere, they, everywhere. We're everywhere. We're behind you. Much like Jesus. So, rate and review us, if, if, you, if you have the ability to do so. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. If you do that, that's good. I don't have any proof that that is good, but other people who make podcasts say that it's good, so I'm gonna just parrot their positions. And yeah, next up is Goldfinger. Who cares? Let's end it. Do you have anything to plug, Fletch? I'm sorry that I broke my co-hosts, but yes, you can find a soon-to-be-revamped-for-reasons website of mine with all of my works at hellscaper.com. 
Do you have anything to plug, Adam? Um, if you're somebody that already knows me in real life and you're listening to this podcast, send me some snacks. And you can find me as always at ACC the Moon on Twitter. Please follow me. I build a parasocial relationship for me. I won't ask you for money for it. But yeah, if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon. And we also do not accept donations to make specific episodes. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Good night. I've got the time to stick around I'll catch my flight Like a pop pocket and get out of this town What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down Let's terrify